Hello, podcast listeners. This is Eric from the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle. Today we have episode 29, and we're going to be talking about the 12 signs that you're trying to force a relationship that just isn't right for you. Michelle and I have an interesting discussion regarding this topic, and we hope that you enjoy it. And now on to the show. Okay, podcast community at Wisdom, this is Eric from the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about 12 signs that you're trying to force a relationship that just isn't right. So I am waiting right now for my co-host, Michelle, to jump on. I see that we have a couple listeners already. Oh, welcome, Annette, Jennifer, and David. We'll be getting into it in about 30 seconds here, and just hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. The summer has finally arrived in Southern California. We're seeing temperatures over 100 degrees, which is actually pretty darn normal for Southern California. But, you know, I think people were kind of lulled into a sense that we were going to have a nice, mild summer this year. So it's... Once again, I'm waiting for my co-host, Michelle. Michelle, where are you? We'll be starting talking about the 12 signs you're trying to force a relationship that just isn't right. And just a little bit more about the What He Said, She Said podcast. We started this, oh, kind of at the end of last year. And one weekend we went up for a bike ride. And, oh, there she is. I have to give Michelle the proverbial countdown. Three, two, one. Blast <laughs> There she is. Happy Monday. Happy, 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 extra hot, heated Monday. <laughs> yeah, man. What the heck? Well, I just said that. I said summer. July July actually was pretty mild considering, you know, we didn't have any super killer hot days, but it seems like we're going to get about five days of 100 degrees or more here. Really? Hence the early morning ride. So I just rearranged my schedule so I could ride tomorrow and oh, what's up? now they my... pushed it up. Oh, they, I thought they were starting at seven. Yes, I can't. I have. I have a session at seven from seven to eight. Mm. I think they're doing, I think they're going to do the, the short Canyon ride to Santiago short loop and then go to Balboa. Oh, so I think all of that is so Mike can get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has, it. Mike has to get his Sammy. Sandwich. His sandwich. Actually, anyway, what are we, what are we talking we, about today? I don't know. What are we talking Oh, 12 signs. You're trying to force a relationship that just isn't right. Squirrel! Well, you, you kind of said that you were talking to a friend about this exact thing. Well, and, and yeah. I was And I was kind of perusing, one of my favorite websites right now is this website called TheEveryGirl.com. And they have subheadings, career finance, fashion, beauty, home living, wellness, sex and relationships is where these articles fall under, culture and tech backgrounds. I would say that most of the articles are written more for 20 and 30 somethings as opposed to people in our demo, which are 40 and 50s. But when it comes to relationship type of things, I think 
you know, there is no age, there is no age limit when it comes to relationships, especially when you're meeting online. Yeah, some of the, I mean, some of the stuff I would, I'd kind of smith, smith, <laughs> but, um, but I think this is a good one. I think, I think there's, uh, some articles that pertain and some that don't pertain as much to a degree. So I like this one though. So I like the, I like the... you're trying to force a relationship that just isn't right. Should yes. I start? Absolutely. We're going to get, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get the ball rolling and we, so on the ride back, <laughs> it was funny. I end up running into two college friends. So I'm riding on PCH and I see these two guys, actually, no, three guys on the side of the road with a flat. Oh. And I, I kind of slow and go like, hey, are you guys okay? And then, you know, didn't hear anything. And all of a sudden I hear cap. Well, what, if, if you ever hear the words cap or pip, that's someone who knows me well. So, yeah. it was, and it was one of my college friends who had a flat. So I turn around, go back, help them. That put me way behind. By the time I got to the regroup at PCH in the trail, nobody was there. So oh, I was, yeah, they were long so, gone. So I was just like, well, okay, I'll ride back by myself. And then so they ended up cutting off. They ended up cutting off a little early. And then, because uh, my friend Charlie was riding from Irvine. And so they, they took... They took off at about mile four and a half. They, they made a turn. And then so I'm riding a couple more miles. And the next thing you know, my college roommate goes riding by me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so as I'm, like, I'm like, Afrin. And then he turns around. And then I guess he had ridden out to Green River. And then, uh, and then he decided, oh, I'm just going to ride back to Arctic with Eric. And so then we end up just chit-chatting the whole way back. So it was, it was actually kind of, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was, it, it would have been a lot more fun if I was with the group, but I got to talk and see two people I haven't seen in a long time. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's just, you, you have to take advantage of those opportunities when you can. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's get rolling. Let's do it. So you met someone and it's going pretty well. You've been on a few dates. You're texting every day. Sorry about the noises. You're, you're complaining again. I know. All signs are pointing here. I'll mute it. Are pointing to this turning into something, or maybe you've been dating for so long that your relationship is comfortable and you feel perfectly fine. But then that nagging feeling creeps in the back of your mind. Are you really the one? Am I wasting my time trying to force a relationship? The truth is when you know, you know, but when you're not sure, you know, too, it's just harder to admit because what you know in that case leads to a breakup. We've all stayed with people we know we aren't right for us, but choose to ignore the gut feeling. Pa! <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes at all. <laughs> we stay because it's easier than being alone. We should like the other person or we're worried there won't be anyone else or we don't believe in divorce. <laughs> That's my special add-in. Maybe this person checks all the boxes, but there's just something missing. You know, the breakup cliche. It's not you. It's me. Well, sometimes it's not you, but it's not me either. It's the us that doesn't work. Chemistry Correct. is unpredictable and, and compatibility or incompatibility isn't always something you can anticipate. It's difficult to know something's missing when you can't put your finger on what it is. But since you deserve undeniable love and a happy lasting relationship, 
Read, Read on, on for 12 signs. You might be forcing that spark and your significant other is really not the one. So you go for it. First one. Yeah, I mean, uh, just, just a little prelude to this. I mean, when I first did online dating, I totally got stuck into this thing where you, you start, you get maybe two, three, four dates in and you're getting along well with them, but you're not vibing with them. Mm. You know, it's, a, it's, it's more of a cordial relationship. Right. And then, and then, of course, you overly complicate it by having sex. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, 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 in, I'm in for a while. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't really have that experience because I didn't get that far. But. I understand. But yeah, it's it's just one of those it's one of those things that happens, especially with online dating. You know, the the unfortunate, sad alternative is that sometimes people will get three, four, five dates in, they get to that part where there's physical intimacy, and then poof, they become Casper to friendly ghost. Mm. You know, and they just vanish. And you hear this all the time. Like I oh, I was dating someone for I think I I think I belong to a, one of those forties or fifties dating groups on Facebook and you hear this all the time. Mm. It seems more so from women than men where, you know, Oh, we were, we were dating for a month, went on five dates, everything was going great. Then poof, he just vanished. Yeah. And, and to me, that sucks. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? It's like step up, say, Hey, you know what? I just don't think we're the right fit for each other. And I just want to be honest with you. That is way better than just ignoring texts, ignoring phone calls, vanishing on someone. Agreed. Because, because especially, especially if that person is kind of in a, I'm not going to say a fragile, confident state. You know, they're they're going out and they're dating for the first time since their divorce, and and they're just they're not sure what the hell they're doing. And then they try this online dating and then they meet this nice guy and everything seems to be going well. And he's got a job. He's got his hair. He's, he's kind of athletic. He likes to hike with me. And then, bam, gone. Yep. It, and it happens way more often. I think um, that in many cases for men, it's the conquest. And once the conquest has happened, it's like, okay. It's part, I think, I think that's part of it. I also think, and this goes back to our early podcast, I call it the grass is greener theory. It's like, yeah, I met this gal. She's nice. She's sweet. You know, uh, you know, maybe something, something about her doesn't click with me, but I've got these five other chicks on the dating site that want to talk uh. to me. And it's gotcha. like, hmm, maybe I can find one. Cushioning. A little bit better. Oh, super, people do super cushioning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do number one. You want a All relationship right. more than you want the person. I agree with that. If you've been hoping for a relationship for a long time, feel pressured to be coupled up, or are sick of feeling lonely, you may be more in love with the idea of a relationship than with this person. To decipher between wanting the person or wanting the relationship, think about whether or not you'd be friends with this person. Would you want to be around them, even if it was platonic, or a relationship was not an option? What if this person never wanted to get married or lived across the country? When it's lived across the country and you're trying to do online dating, 
Jettison that motherfucking pod immediately. It is not I mean, going to work. I mean, one person's willing to move. Yeah, but right? that's, cre- that's creepy in itself. Nah, that happened with my cousin. And no, that happened with the crazy lady in Montana who wanted me to come up to her and stay with her for a weekend in the cabin. No, so listen, my cousin met his wife in the um, Bay Area at, she was actually <laughs> his organ teacher. Oh my god! Oh wait, no, he was her organ teacher. Oh, and, that's and so did they, she end up playing the flute? That's what she said. Come on, <laughs> you missed it. Anyway, he really I had, was. To, I had to throw my double on my Jack Tripper double entendre in. Oh goodness gracious! Um, no, so he he was interested in her, and she was interested in him, and they kind of dated long distance for three or four months, and she put her foot down. She's like, "Yeah, this just isn't going to work for me." And he's like, no, we're going to make this work. And he wound up moving from Delaware to um, Northern California. And they're married like, I don't know, 17 years now. I think that that is one in a freaking million. I think it's awesome is what I think. It it is pretty awesome. But it's like, this is not when Harry met Sally. Or, no, what was it? Sleepless in Seattle. This is not Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, let's meet at the top of the Empire State Building. You know, it's... It's just like, yeah, that can happen, but your reality should be focused on 25-mile radius of you. Unless you live in a super rural area, then you might have to expand that out to 50 or 100 miles. Yeah. Because the reality is, if I can't pick the phone up and have dinner with you or coffee with you tonight, you live too far away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. True that. Okay, let me finish. What if this person never wanted to get married or lived across the country? Would you still want to be with them? Or would you move on to someone more convenient? If you're only with this person due to convenient circumstances or wanting a relationship, odds are you're more in love with being in a relationship than with the person. Interesting. Well, I mean, that's, I think... um... I, th- I the think the problem again for um, I think when you're younger in your 20s, especially for women, when their clock is ticking and all their other friends are getting married and then having babies, I think that's a big thing. But also for codependent people, people that just can't live without having a person in their lives and that person they probably can sense that it's not the right person, but you know, they, they just want to be in a relationship so badly. I think at this initial stage, when you first date someone and you get past the coffee and the dinner date, and you're actually maybe spending a day with them, maybe you're going to the beach, maybe you're going to a musical, maybe you're going to a concert or something, something that there's a common interest. Maybe you're just going on a hike together. I think that is when you need to be highly attuned to what are your, oh, I don't want to call red flags, but maybe they'll be, maybe we'll just call them red flags. Well, your gut, your gut reaction. Your gut reaction. You know, and I I hate defaulting back to that, the one person I went out with on three dates and then, you know, and I'd seen her three out of, I'd seen her three out of five days. 
And then on the sixth day, I said, hey, I'm going to go on my bike ride that I lead. <laughs> and then she says, oh, you'd rather go on a bike ride than see me. Well, yes, because I just saw you three days in a row. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just saw you the last three out of five days, you know. No, and, and I also just in reading um, on some of these Facebook groups that I'm in. Yeah, I you really have some doozies. Do you think that there are just some people that have to be with another person, regardless of whether or not they know that person is right or wrong for them? And, you know, I, I know somebody very close to me that continually makes this mistake. And I'm like, the person is not going to change. So I don't understand what, why do you keep breaking up, getting together, breaking up, getting together? Like, it's so frustrating. Um, that's like, you know, if you know that this person is really kind of using you, what are you doing? Not going to change. Not going to change. So. Well, I, I really, I, I am completely, my, my, my feeling is when someone is over 40, maybe even earlier, they are pretty hard set in their ways. Oh, yeah. And it would take a monumental effort to get that person to change. And, and that old thing of like, oh, I can, I can change him or he'll change for me. Yeah. Good luck with that. You are freaking delusional, man. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally delusional. All right, let's go on to the next one. You're self-conscious. Spark or not, if you're with someone who stifles you, makes you feel like you have to censor yourself or causes you to overthink your words and actions, it's not a true partnership. Oops. There's Daisy. Daisy. Even if there is a spark, it's chemistry between your significant other and a censored version of you, why would you even want that spark? Anyway, if the relationship is dependent on you walking on eggshells to make it work, it's not worth wasting your time on. That is like, that is one thing why I think being friends with a person first and kind of getting to know them in a non-romantic way is so important. I think, I think that just falls under, let's take our time. Yeah. Let's take our time getting to know someone as opposed Absolutely. to let's, let's race to the altar. <laughs> yeah. That's just stupid. Uh, Especially at our age. Yeah. In your forties and fifties. I mean, there's lots of considerations. You got, you got kids living at home. You got kids in high school. You got kids in college. You got, you know, maybe everyone's already moved out of the house and now, and I think this hits people hardest when they have hit that empty nest syndrome where, yeah. The kids are gone. They've either have their careers, have their relationships. Maybe they're married. Maybe they're off to college. And now the house is feeling like a ghost town. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like you want to do everything in your power to fill that empty void. Or not. <laughs> or well, you might be reveling in the peace and quiet. Sometimes, 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 yeah, I mean... Yeah, I live in this little house that's way far back off the street. And I leave my front door open all the time at night because I like, I like the cool air kind of blowing in. And, and it's like, and it's quiet. Yeah. 
And I, people ask me, like, what's Laverne like? I go, it is, man, it is a sleepy-ass town. Mm. <laughs> you know, and... I do not live in a sleepy-ass town and, at all. Well, and then the nice thing about it is, I mean, if I wanted to go out for a walk at 11 o'clock at night, I really don't have a care in the world. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, the only thing I have to worry about is walking through a spider web on the sidewalk and look like a crazy <laughs> person. Like what? flailing around. I've done what that. What is with well, the spiders? There's, there's lots of California. there's lots of there's lots of trees, and for some reason, man, these spiders get to work at dark. And and I've walked through some big ass spider webs on the sidewalk, and it's like, oh Jesus! Holy I started re- walkers. We have spiders in in my condo all the time. Yeah, but it's like I, I wear a headlamp now, so I can at least see the reflection of the web. Oh. <laughs> So nasty. Yeah. So number three, let's do number three. The relationship doesn't recover from arguments. When it comes to disagreements in a relationship, we grow up learning about mixed messages. We either expect a passionate love affair, a la the notebook, where a spark means constant fighting, or we believe in the idea of the one being the perfect person for us. They do nothing wrong, and therefore, we never need to disagree. One fight or mistake must mean there's something better out there. I think people do. Oh, there's more. Sorry about that. But compatibility and relationship success do not depend on whether or not you disagree, but instead on how you recover from disagreements. No matter who your perfect match is, they won't be a robot, just a wild guess. So remember that both of you will make mistakes. Bad days will come and arguments will happen. Pay attention to how your significant other reacts at those times. Do they listen to you, communicate effectively, and never make the same mistake twice? Do you both care more about the relationship than being right? That's a big one. Or do you struggle with communication, hold on to resentment, and feel like every fight could be the end of the relationship? If your closeness doesn't bounce back after arguments, you might be forcing the connection. That's a good one. Yeah, you know? I'm not big into arguing or disagreeing. I'm, I'm, I'm totally opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, me and my ex, we, we didn't, she was a psychologist. We, we did not argue. We had conversations. You know, and I, there's actually a book. There's actually an excellent book. And it's called, it's called Hard Conversations. It's kind of an old sales book but it also kind of deals with relationships and 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 i think sometimes people when it comes to hard conversations they're kind of more in an avoidance mode than wanting to have a real hard conversation about important things yes and just because it's a hard conversation doesn't mean that yelling has to be part and parcel of it yeah, a lot of times, though, that frequently is the case. And I have to say, I remember on my um, my wedding night, my brother went around and, uh, sorry, that's my water. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Um, my brother gla- went around I'm glad your water. <laughs> and videotaped um, the guests that were at the wedding asking them, oh, do you have any, do you have any advice that you'd be willing to share? And the one was my cousin, my, my mom's sister said, you know, never go to bed angry. <laughs> that's not, that's not a bad one. I've yeah. Heard that, I've heard that many times. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't go to bed fuming. And also 
don't expect your significant other to be Marvin the mind reader. It's like <laughs> if you're pissed off about something, it's better to say, hey, you know what, today you hurt my feelings or, you know, this was, you know, I, I want to talk to you about something that you did or something that we did right. as opposed to fuming, expecting him to know. Again, I'm going to default back to my original premise mm-hmm. on the podcast. Men are idiots. Yes. <laughs> they, they cannot decipher the female code of I'm pissed off at you. Yeah. Folded arms and a scowl mean to them, did you just eat something bad? Crazy. Yeah, they don't they won't they won't figure it out for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and you can start going into you, you can start going into Maslow's hierarchy of need and all this other stuff and that will just confuse them even more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so be upfront, be straight, tell them what it is that you, is concerning you and open that door. Use open-ended questions so that they have to answer with more than a yes or a no. Right. Yep. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Go ahead. All right. Your PDA is more affectionate than in private. This is just kind of weird. Every person in every relationship is different. Maybe you think it's cheesy to post month anniversaries on Facebook and get embarrassed kissing in front of your friends, or maybe you want the world to know how happy you are. No shame either way, but you should both have just as much or more private displays of affection as you do in public. If, if the spark is there, you probably display affection by mere accident instead of overt PDA. Exchanging mm-hmm. smirks across the room, holding hands on a table, or telling them how much you love them as you get ready for bed at night. Instead of making out in front of friends or displaying your love all over social media, you might publicly tease each other, brag about each other's accomplishments, and maybe steal a kiss or a hug when you think no one is looking. If your affection is more public than private for either or both of you, your relationship might be more about proving something than how you feel internally. I've never had any experience with this, so... Well, well I, I think I think P, I think I think there's degrees to PDA, you know, and there's that there's your partner's comfort level in you expressing that to them, and and if you are unsure that you know the smack on the ass or something of those kinds of natures is crossing a line, ask the question. Yeah, I'm not a big PDA person. A little peck on the cheek or holding hands or putting your arm around somebody, but... I don't have a problem with PDA, to a point. Um, to a point. Like, making out in front of a bunch of people? No. That's, that's a little weird. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, small gestures of, uh, of that are fine, but, yeah, I think, you know, some things you don't need to do in public. Agreed. All right. You're hoping okay. some things will change. Oh, wait. I'll do this them. one. Go. Go see what Daisy's doing. She's barking right. at someone. I know. Okay. Okay. Number five. You're hoping some things about them will change. If you catch yourself thinking this person would be perfect if only, insert thing here, or will have a great relationship once they change. 
You're trying to force the spark, and forced sparks will never last. You don't always need to have the same values, beliefs, and attitudes, but you at least have to understand, respect, and appreciate the differences. You should not have to change them to love them. Again, there's no way you're changing someone. While we're on this topic, if you find yourself blaming a lack of attraction on a weird haircut or bad fashion sense, know that it probably won't change even if they get a new haircut or update your, their wardrobe, meaning, i.e., the women take their men shopping to update their wardrobe. Physical attraction is about how your bodies connect and you should feel a magnetic pull toward them, an undeniable attraction that won't depend on changeable factors. I do I do have to comment on this one. Do it. I 100% know that you know trying to change someone not a good idea. However, it just made me laugh when they were talking about the clothes topic because the one thing my ex could not do was dress dress nicely he was like mr find the cheapest clothes possible on ebay oh no and it was always super dorky so my my daughter actually used to say um okay. you should be on what not to wear <laughs> yeah it's pretty well, bad well i mean when when you go to maybe like a, a company event or a corporate christmas it's like you know buying them a nice clean white dress shirt and maybe a tie, uh, if he doesn't have it in his wardrobe or wheelhouse, yeah, I get that for him. Nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Or or if change wa- their clothes, getting them to change their clothes, it's a lot easier to do than change their personality. Agreed. I mean, and if and if you know they're going to your your Fortune 500 corporate event, and they want to wear their Disney goofy tie. You you literally take the scissors out and chop it in half, <laughs> or you, you just hide it. In you the back literally of the take the scissors out and chop it in half and throw it in the trash and say, "Uh oh, I spilled a, bo- a jar of marinara on that." I was oh, trying there to. Was so many of those times. Anyway, oh, oh, right, I was I was given I was given one of those ties one time. Were you for, for Christmas? And I gave it back to the person and I said please take this back and get the money for it because I will never wear this. Wow. And you know, it probably cost them a fortune too. It was probably like 60 bucks. Probably. And, and I felt bad because I was just like, because I'm a big person. I say, do not buy me clothes. Do not buy me clothes. I'm really picky. And so, and then whenever I, if I get like, you know, socks or something, it's like, ah, that's fine. But you buying a tie, I'm never going to wear a What about group- a cycling jersey? Oh, yeah, I'll I'll take that. Okay. That's different. Right. That's completely different. But you you buying me things that I wear in my corporate environment. No. Yeah, I'm not ever wearing a goofy tie. That's so funny. All right, I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> All right, moving on. You don't trust them. This one I don't understand completely because I wouldn't even have a friend and hang out with them if I didn't trust them, let alone my partner in life. Of course, questioning their loyalty is the biggest red flag. Women's intuition is always right. If you don't trust them to stay faithful, they are definitely not the one. But I'm also talking about trusting them in other ways. If there's someone worth being with, you'll trust their opinions, value their input, and believe in who they are. You have faith in their honesty and don't question their integrity. They call when they say they will. 
and they make you feel safe when you're apart. A spark is dependent on attraction, yes, but it's also dependent on your, it's also about your connection when you're not physically together. Yes. I mean, uh, that's the just trust, a trust and Trust in online dating is a big one because it it's one of those things of if you're doing what a lot of people do, they're talking with two or three different people at the same time, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, voila, you got the date. They might still be talking to one or two other people. Mm, and so, and so at what point is it date three? Is it date four? Is it date 10? Where you basically say, listen, I've disabled my profile off the app we met on and I have no other apps rolling and I hope you would be considerate and do the same. If not, and you're actually still seeing somebody else, let me know now. Uh-oh, hey, Michelle, Michelle wait, reasonable. I'm here, sorry, I was trying to unmute. Daisy, Daisy is going hog wild and I even bought her a bone when I went to get her dog food. I don't know what her deal is, anyway. Yeah, she wants attention. She, something's outside that she wants to get. Oh, UPS man. You have to, number seven, you have to pretend to be interested or vice versa. You and your partner probably have many different interests. In fact, you should, because dating another would, <laughs> dating another you would be boring as F. No, you may not always be interested in their passions or hobbies. I think it's good to have different passions and hobbies sometimes. I agree. But you should want to learn more because you know how much it matters to them and you genuinely want to be able to share what they love. On the other hand, you shouldn't have to pretend you don't love to listen to the Broadway soundtracks in the car or feel like you can never talk about the latest fashion trends because you know your partner wouldn't, won't care. They should want to love everything you love and talk about everything you want to. If their eyes glaze over when you talk about your day or you don't care to ask them about their newest hobby, the spark might not be there. I mean, that's just basic human relationship. Agreed. Right? You know, and, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the questions I would get often would be, you know, oh, because I, I post pictures that I, I'm a, I, I ride my bike and I always get, does that mean I have to ride a bike? And I always say, no. No, yeah. you do not. It's not a requirement. <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. You know, <clears throat> you know, if they did, it'd be fantastic. But that's if they're already kind of ingrained in that whole world and culture and things like that. But if not, no, you don't have to. And, yeah. and women, if your boyfriend, fiance, husband, significant other, goes out on Saturday to golf with his male friend. Let him. Just let him go be gone for six hours. Absolutely. Do not go and buy a set of golf clubs and take lessons in secret so that you can go out on Saturday with the guys. Unless you really want to learn how to play golf, then no. by all means. But let no. the dude go with his boys. Mm -mm. No. You're in disagreement? Complete. I know a lot of guys that, or a lot of couples that golf together. I don't see anything wrong with that. Together, not with the boys. Oh, no, absolutely. Don't, yeah. don't be so, chiming in So I would go out. So my, my ex took golf lessons, but she, I knew about it. 
And so I would go and play 18 holes on Saturday with the boys. And then on Sunday, I would go to the little municipal golf course with my ex, and we would play nine holes. And it was perfect. Yeah, but I it agree. was just it was just us. Right. You know, yeah. when yeah, don't take clandestine lessons to surprise your boyfriend. No, I, hey, I, can join, I always I, used to threaten my my ex that I was gonna take up golf. And I I mean someday I might I don't have the patience for it right now, but I would certainly I don't know. My my parents never did anything apart. And I think it kinda drove my mom a little crazy at times. And I think that it's important that you spend a little bit of time apart and do things that you like, or like, if you're a guy, you should be hanging out with the guys a little bit. If you're a girl, you need to be hanging out with the girls. I think the whole 24 seven, um, and having to do everything that the other person likes is just like, I don't know. I think it's unrealistic. And I it think that it's unrealistic. It's unrealistic expectation. And I also and I also boys. think and I also think sometimes when women go and they do they go off for a girls weekend like you did with your friend, you yep. know, up in one country, don't try to invite yourself to that shit. Yeah. Let agree. your girlfriend and her bestie go have their weekend together. Do yeah. not be the third wheel. Do not even ask to be the third wheel <laughs> because enough. it's an uncomfortable conversation. And the answer 90% of the time is no. And yeah. if they say no to you several times and then you keep asking, you're being a jerk. <laughs> well, you might be setting yourself up for a see ya, don't want to be with ya. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly so. what you're doing. Absolutely. So, so All right, go, let's go on to wait. Did you didn't you skip one? No, I did. Seven. Oh wait, no, 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 eight. All right, you can picture a life with them, but it doesn't excite you. Just because you can picture a life together does not only mean it's right for you. <laughs> when you think about what a relationship, having a home, starting a family, or growing old with this person would be like, is it the fantasy that's more exciting, or actually doing it all with them? Not to be cliche and quote a rom com. But when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. A lifetime with them should be exciting. If the spark is there, you'll look forward to every next step and see yourselves happily together at 80 years old. If you're forcing a spark, you won't be excited about a life with them or you'll be <laughs> more excited about the big life events and won't be able to picture just the two of you together 50 years from now. Yes. Yeah, and, and when it comes to making that next step, meaning, i.e., moving in together, getting engaged, getting married, take your damn time. Oh, especially, yeah. especially if this is your, you've been married once or maybe even twice. It's like, take your time. There's no rush. Well, you especially know? at our age, quite honestly. like. That's right. We're old codgers. If, if, you're, if you're not planning on having children together, why rush? To me, when I hit 50, which is right when I got divorced, I kind of made an internal proclamation to myself that small babies and children were not going to be part of the equation. 
if the person I met had older children, meaning they're in high school or college or whatever, that was fine. Because at that point, they've already kind of established their independence. But little tiny children and babies at 50, man, you need a certain kind of energy in order to chase kids around. Oh, you'd also have to be dating somebody pretty young. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, maybe early 40s. I have two, but... I have two friends, and they had, they had babies at 50. Oof. 49 and 50. God bless them. Oh, holy moly, man. Talk I can't about imagine. No. Can't imagine. Okay, number nine, you don't have a good friendship. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. If you don't have a good friendship, a relationship is probably out of the works. Okay, right. if you're not laughing, joking, enjoying, even unromantic time together, like running errands, cleaning the house, or walking the dog, your spark might just be an illusion based on physical chemistry or relationship newness, but is not a lasting connection. Aren't the best friendships the ones that make you silly for no reason and keep you laughing? If you're going to spend your life with someone, it better be the best friendship you've ever had. Your partner should bring out the silly, the silliest self because that's how they know you're going to keep laughing when things get tough, boring, or mundane. Now, that's a spark. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> Sparks yeah. die. Friendships don't, really. But I, th- but I think that also goes into sometimes relationships have a defined end date. And I hate saying that. Mm. It's kind of like you you like each other enough, but you don't love each other. I mean, you're, you're months into your relationship, and it's and it just it's starting to feel it's starting to feel very mundane. And even though you like each other, eh, you might not really love that person. But and and this is where people get trapped. They'll say to themselves but I have three months invested or I have six months invested. It's like, why should I, why should I pull the plug now and have to start over in this whole damn process, which sucks. <laughs> so, Oh, she ran off to see Daisy. Now I'm here. Just, she just okay. keeps turping away for some reason today. You have, you have a squirrel inside the walls. I think, I think there's a squirrel right outside my window. That's oh, yeah. no doubt. Anyway, number 10, number 10, you only feel good about them in certain environments. Maybe you have fun hanging out with their nieces and nephews, but you're constantly cringing when your partner's around your family because they don't fit in. Or perhaps you think you love them during date nights, but can't stand being around them on Sunday morning when you're lounging at home. Rather than get distracted by the times you do feel good about them, focus on the times when you don't. Love is inconvenience. It's caring. (laughs) about something when it's not easy to do so if your feelings for them are strong in some environments but missing in others the spark is just an illusion based on external factors agreed yeah yeah you have to i mean you have to care about them and i think i think caring goes to you always say this and and i I believe this the way you do the way you do one thing is the way you do everything yeah and i think if you have those a friend of mine just wrote this article about his mother and his mother passed a long time ago and he recounted a night that his mother was taken by ambulance to the hospital and wasn't expected to live 
he was in Oregon, she's in California. He called me to go see her in the hospital and to basically make a phone call between her and him, which he basically told her, like, please, mom, don't die. Oh, but, but he entrusted me with that duty, that task. Uh-huh. And because he is a very good friend. And, and I think, I think relation, if you look at your relationships you have with your friends. And granted, I mean, a lot of people are following the friend spectrum, but really good friends. Like, like when you went on your little trip recently with your friend and you said, this is my bestie from the East Coast. It's like, that is a different kind of relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that is someone that you care for immensely. Yeah. And, and I think, I think we have only so many pockets to have those kinds of people in our lives. Mm. You know, it's not, you, you can't have hundreds of those people in your life. You just, just not enough hours in the day, but it's important. I think it's important. And I've had this happen where I start going out with someone and this is where I'm going with this and they don't have any friends. And, yeah. and, and if someone doesn't have any friends or acquaintances or like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And they're doing nothing because they don't really have any f deep friendships. That is a huge red flag. Yeah, for sure. I agree. You know, and it's and it's uh, and I, I've said this to, to people before, like, like, oh, the, the, he, they only have time for me. And they, you know, they never go out with their friends. And it's like, well, do they have friends? <laughs> you know, I ask that question sometimes. Do they have friends? And sometimes they're kind of like, hmm, I've never really met any of their friends. Yeah, okay. that, that to me is a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Friends so, are a big deal. Yeah. I'll do uh, 11. You don't ahead. feel safe or respected. We often confuse a spark with a lot of other emotions, comfort, addiction, and infatuation are the common ones that often get misidentified as love. While love can feel addicting, the difference between actual addiction and just addiction-like qualities of love is that within healthy love, a.k.a. a lasting spark, there's also respect, trust, and commitment. I believe that, too. Mm -hmm. If you're just addicted to a person, a quick spark, it will feel more like attaining highs at any cost. Likewise, the difference between a comfortable love and a love for the sake of comfort is the feeling of safety. With a comfortable love, you'll feel safety and trust no matter what. If you're in a relationship for the sake of comfort, you'll feel uncomfortable whenever you're not with them, out of lack of trust in them or in the relationship. Realize what love feels like and don't mistake it for anything else. Mm. That's a good one. Yep. I think, yeah, I mean, I think respect is a huge one. And, and yeah, I'm going to go back to, like, the, the dates that some of your, that your sister had. I yeah. Mean, I mean, obviously, they were only attracted to your sister because she was, she's a good-looking woman. Right. With, with a robust amount of cleavage. With a robust bust. <laughs> the robust amount of cleavage. And, <laughs> and. I can't tell you how many times in that one conversation we had with her where she was talking about first dates where guys were just completely disrespecting her. 
Well, it, again, it all boils down to your marketing portfolio on your Yeah, well she was marketing she was marketing she was marketing the thirty six Ds. So Yeah. Well yeah. that plus you're on a free website and Yeah. Plenty of fish plenty of fish have not heard anything really good about it. No. So anytime someone talks about plenty of fish it's the next story will be a train wreck of epic proportions. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. You're not let's, on the same page. We put confusing definitions and stories around what chemistry really means, but the truth is that having a spark just means being on the same page in humor and in intimacy and in values and in what you want out of the relationship. If there's a genuine spark, one that will last when the newness fades, you won't have to question whether or not it's there because you'll just know. A soulmate, the one or even just someone worth spending time with, will never feel forced. Even when the relationship feels difficult, because it will, loving each other will never be. So if something feels off, that's because it is. Agreed. Yeah. It's funny. There's another article below it that says 11 things I wish I could have told myself when I was in that shitty relationship. No, so I'm gonna, that should be the next one. That's good. That's a good one. And then how to support your significant other when work is driving them up a wall. Uh, that means when they're bringing work home with them. There's actually a lot of really amazing articles on this website, theeverygirl.com. I'm going to put a link to this article in the podcast notes. And again, I'll be posting this. I'm going to try to have it posted by tomorrow, but um, because we have our bike ride on Wednesday. And, but definitely by Wednesday morning. I'll have this posted, and it'll be on Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll have all the links posted there as well. So I know that you have a hard out at 6 o'clock, so I, I just wanted do. to be respectful of your time. Do you, uh, do you think we should invite any guests on that might want to jump on today? Well, my cousin Hallie just showed up. I'm at my mom's house. Oh, I thought just I showed up. She, yeah, they're, they're chit-chatting in the other room. And so, uh, and she's getting married this weekend. So, ah. well, and I haven't seen her. She lives in Iowa. <laughs> Very nice. Where is she getting married? Uh, Redondo Beach. Wow. Yeah. So she lives in Iowa, but she's getting married at Redondo Beach. All the all her all the families out here. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and and I think the people in Iowa thought, hey, Redondo Beach, man, sounds kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hot, but it'll be, it'll be okay at Redondo. Redondo's, yeah. kind of a, Redondo's kind of a cooler beach. They get a lot more fog there. Yeah. That was so. close to where my daughter actually worked in Palos Verdes. Yeah. Palos Verdes is always fogged in. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It was Beautiful strange because when I, lived, when I lived in Long Beach, I would literally drive across the bridge and then it would be, we would go from like, you know, 80, 80 degrees and sunny and it'd be like, 65 and, and foggy. Crazy. <laughs> you know, and it's like only, I mean, there's like completely different weather weather patterns. Well, that was kind of like that morning we were in Malibu. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. That crazy. Yeah. So. And well, right. I, the, other, the other day when we went riding and we had the fog, I was actually thankful. Because well, it made it cooler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that fog was kind of hard to see through, though. I'm telling no, you. No, I, I, I took my glasses off because it was like, it's like you couldn't really see well out of your glasses. I was ready to hear somebody, the, um, what what the hell was that called? The, the, the green machine, the, 
the time machine, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo. I was ready to see that come busting down the PCH and hearing <laughs> Zoinkies. Zoink, zoinks. <laughs> or wait, no, it was Jinkies. Jink, that's funny. So, so anyway. let's let's call let's call this one a short one, and then we'll just call it an evening. Sounds good to me. Okay, thanks everyone for on wisdom, and we appreciate you guys. And if you have any questions, they now have a chat feature, so, so feel free to send us any messages through the Wisdom app. And we wish everyone a great night. All right. See you Wednesday. Very good. Bye, Michelle. Hi, my name is Michelle. I'm a certified personal trainer and wellness coach. I've been in the fitness industry for 28 years and began combining my R3 method with personal training in 2020. I believe through making changes in your lifestyle, you can thrive versus just survive during peri and postmenopause. Until perimenopause, I was able to control my weight through exercise and eating healthy food. During this time, I had many life stressors that were affecting my emotional and physical self. Several months after my 52nd birthday, I hired my own accountability and nutrition coach as I had felt fluffy and stuck with a middle-aged belly and just downright exhausted. I didn't know how to move forward and felt like I needed someone to guide me and hold me accountable. I was ready for change at any cost. What ensued was a mind-body transformation, 18 months of an adventure and education in what my body needed as a menopausal female, focusing on all areas of health, a long, hard look at my nutritional needs, the way I was working out, my sleep, my activity level, my water intake, and learning how to manage stress. The result, 29 pounds lost and 13% body fat gone, restored energy and sleep, stronger workouts, and a passion to help other women do the same. If you are like me, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Coach Michelle with one L, M Fitness, or go to my website at www.mfitnessforlife.com.